welcome, welcome, welcome. Eric Zane Show podcast is underway. For yet another day, another week. My goodness. From the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Baldwin Ace Hardware, a beacon of DIY awesomeness in the Northland. Uh, this weekend was very, very busy. Part of my uh, weekend I was spent uh, participating in Who Are These Podcasts? Which is a show that I've been talking about for quite some time. And I've uh, made friends with several of the people involved in that show. Including the man behind it, the one and only Carl. Carl Hamburger. Not his real name. We uh, listen to other podcasts, and then we roast them. My show was roasted on there before I became a roaster. When I was roasted, I'm fortunate enough in my brain that I laughed along with it. Kind of tried to roll with it. Now I'm a roaster instead of a roastee, right? Am I getting that right? The roaster is the one who does the roasting. The roastee is the one who's getting roasted. So I've been on this show many, many times over the years. Lots of wars with Zumok. Well, it's not really a war. I don't even think... He, he doesn't mention me me by name, but I've been mentioning him by name for quite some time. I have a, a goal that he would mention me by name, but he won't. I'm too small, I guess. Doesn't matter. I enjoy busting his balls because he's really a lunatic. My God, this guy's a psychopath. Hang on, I got to drink this. This, is, this has been a hell of a morning. Wait until I tell you how this morning has unfolded. It's really spectacular. So I do this show with Carl and um, I like to go back and look at, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever, uh, if, if someone has something to say about me, I'm incredibly interested. I have never been the guy that says, yeah, I don't care what people think. I kind of do not that much. It used to really get to me, but it doesn't really get to me, so I kind of care, but it's more entertaining to me. For a period of time, these blasts that people give me uh, surrounding my appearance on Who Are These Podcasts, they sting a little for a small amount of time, and then I'm like, ah, fuck it. So they have a very active group on their subreddit, people that... Uh, Minutes after the episode goes up, they're making comments about it. Uh, so there, it goes up on there. In fact, I should probably uh, pull it up here. If I was smart, I would have been prepared. Who are these... Aha. So we did the show live Saturday. It was posted on uh, on Sunday, the audio. 
We reviewed a show called Metapsychics. Okay. Talk about some of the other people that we focused on. What? Did someone delete all the bad ones? Sort by best. No, let's sort by uh, new. Another week, another boomer guest. That's me. He was better this time, but Carl needs to cool off on these radio stars from the 80s and get more Kaya tier guests on. Kaya is another person that hosts. This person defends your old pal, Eric. Who cares about that one? No, I care about it. So Eric Zane's a good guest. Gets the show and has good chemistry with Carl. He also pulls clips. No, I work my ass off when it's my turn. If they invite me to that show, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, where? All right, this guy's a troublemaker. Eric Zane episode pass. Not sure how you tell the difference between Zane and 75% of the other buddy guests. He's the most annoying. Chrissy and Vito are legitimately awful. Zane is dot, 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 just there. The worst. God damn it, man. Someone needs to tell him that he he doesn't need to do barfing radio voice anymore. Now, come on. Now, that's ridiculous. Barfing radio voice? I'm bad. It's not like that. Or that or that you don't cover up, quote, not being funny by just swearing a lot and or saying outrageous things. Such a try hard. Just be conversational for fuck's sake. And then the worst comment of them all. He reminds me so much of Chad Zumach. Oh, fucking shit. Oh, no. Oh. All right. I don't know. Uh, Could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse, but I had a good time uh, co-hosting. The boys uh, seem to like me, Carl and Chris. Uh, maybe they'll have me back. I think they will. Today was, um, can only be only be described as um, the big one. You know, maybe the people would describe that as like an earthquake out west. Oh, oh, this is it. It's the big one or a hurricane landing. Both disasters. That happened in this house today. The big one. I walked down the steps. And the light. There's enough light coming in from the dawn. That the living room is illuminated. Corey says somehow I'm assuming it involves poop in some way. And then some, Corey, you're right. This is what happened. Um, First of all, a little bit of background. A day earlier, we have been um, uh, 
withholding water from the dogs starting by a, like five, six o'clock in the evening. To keep this from happening. And then there's numerous trips outside. All right. Now, let, go to bed. Benny and Bruce are upstairs with us. O'Neill and Daisy downstairs. Uh, the other day. Hold on a second. I got to ban this asshole. The other day. Went down there and um, uh, they had peed. Someone had peed. One of those two, and it was a it was a smelly one. It's like a concentrated urine smell. Sometimes they just they they pee and there's no water in their system, so then it really stinks. Then it's like gold yellow, you know. So I'm like fucking shit. Uh, use the carpet cleaner, get it all up, and it still stunk. It was just it, you know. I'm like, oh god, now we got to rip up the carpet. Whatever. So this has been a problem. Go down there today. And um, let's start with what I saw. And it, it appears that the dog has opened up, somehow gotten into the trash. And I wasn't sure um, how at this point. I just see trash all over the living room. Like in every bit of the trash is is shredded so there's like a piece of tin foil that we used for covering something up it's been shredded into bits um you know like when you make uh uh when you have ground beef a pound of ground beef that styrofoam thing at the bottom of it and then the beef goes on top and then they wrap it the styrofoam thing is is shredded into a million pieces And the whole, all this shit is, is throughout the living room. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, all right, I got to, I might as well get a rake to clean this. And then I look in this uh, sunroom, the uh, hard uh, ceramic tile floor, those big squares. It's, it's got pee everywhere. And again, how this goes is they, they pee, one of the dogs, I don't know which one, pees. And then uh, where the grout is, that becomes like uh, channels of piss. Piss channels in the sunroom. And then I turn around back into the living room in the corner. There's a gnarly pile of shit. And then also on the carpet, they've peed on the carpet too. So now we've got garbage all over. Piss in the sunroom. Uh, shit in the corner and piss on the carpet. Not done. I then, I'm like, all right, I got to clean this this up. This is a catastrophe. I go wandering over to where the garbage bags are. Well, um, someone left the garbage bag out, and that was the problem. And that the, re- the rest of the, three quarters of the garbage bag is in this other room. And every bit of what was in this bag is out on the floor. Uh, uh, coffee grounds. Oh my God. It's like, the, it's like the dog. I don't know which one did it. Probably O'Neill took individual coffee grounds and placed it. It was, it was an absolute catastrophic masterpiece. No piece of garbage was not licked. 
everything that was in this bag, and this bag was packed, is now littered. This is like the type of, uh, you know, like um, when uh, they go into someone's house who uh, is a hoarder, and there's like 50 dogs in there, and they get the dogs out, and then they do an examination, and they show you on TV how fucked up the house is. That's what this looks like. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And uh, so the dogs are with me. They're like stepping around the garbage. This is like, I, you, we just woke up and I, I, I let them outside. And then I call Diane. I go, hey, she goes, yeah, she's upstairs. I go, you got to see this. You've got to see this. <laughs> she comes down the steps. She's standing in the living room with all that shit in there, all the garbage and the poop and the piss on the carpet and the uh, uh, urine rivers in the sunroom. I go, and she goes, oh my God, what, what a horrible thing. I go, hold up. You have seen nothing. (laughs) You have seen nothing. Follow me. And then we walk over to the area where all the rest of the garbage is. And she's like, holy shit. We have, okay. Uh, we've been together for, you know, like 32 years, maybe 33. I forget. Maybe 34. No, 34. And we've had pets for almost all of them. This is one of the worst catastrophes we've ever witnessed in all of our, in all of our years of owning pets outside of the time when our dog, Sarah destroyed the drywall in that rental home. Uh, this is right up there. At least this is not like permanent, you know, you can clean it up. And so I go, Hey, um, I actually need help. She's getting ready for work. I go, I, I need help with this because this is, you know, I, this is too much for my brain to process. So I had to put on like plastic gloves, a latex gloves and, and, and Oh God. Maureen says, can you imagine if uh, the NFK had found it first? The arm flapping would have been incredible. I have to keep my voice down because he's in the other room taking a shower. Yeah, that's a new thing. He takes showers on his own now, and I don't think he's doing a very good job. Oh, yeah, you're right. That would have been, it would have been, fucking shit, fuck shit, fucking. He would have flown off the, he would have gotten some lift. That's why I started the day. And I'm like, my God. So it took like half an hour to get this all done. The amount of what I had to do. And the dogs are just looking at me like, what? What's going on? I didn't say a word to him. You just look at him and you go, what? Huh? Are you serious? They're dogs. That's what dogs do. So... Uh, I said to Diane, I go, all right, we got to get, we got to create them. We have got to create these two. Uh, it's one thing, the garbage, that's our fault. We left the gar, the garbage out. We should not have uh, done that. That is, that is, uh, dogs get in the garbage happens all the time, but I don't know. I'm a little bit flummoxed by the peeing and pooping considering the amount of times that we let these dogs out and withholding in the evening. Um, you know, I, uh, 
I let the dogs out and I withhold the water. Um, Corey says it was a reaction starting with the garbage. Maybe they thought it was, yeah, maybe they uh, thought it was like, um, oh my God, party time. We can finally do whatever we want. He left the garbage out for us to fuck everything up. So clearly he wants us to de- to destroy the house. So let's do that. Yeah, you know what? I like that logic. Corey says, then the garbage upset their stomachs, made them poop and pee everywhere. It's possible. I'll give them one more try. Nick says they were pissed. uh, Not Nick in Maine. Uh, Nick says they were pissed on slim pickings in the garbage. Uh, Chris in Buffalo says, my old girl actually gets fucking depressed after she shits in the house. Won't come near me. Head goes down. It's a horrible sight. Uh, Kenny says, it's funny when animals act like animals and humans get surprised. That's true. I am not surprised, though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm perplexed, but I'm not surprised. It's been, oh my God. Corey says that's the difference between dogs and cats. Dogs know when they did something wrong. Cats just don't care. That is absolutely true. Like, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do about it? Oh my God. Good times. Good times. All right. So welcome into the show. For those of you getting the show on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Okay. I'm going to cut you off. This is what you need to know to keep this from happening. The show happens uninterrupted every day on Twitch. And all you need to do is one of two things. Either go to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live. You can watch on your PC laptop desktop whatever or what a lot of people do is they just download the twitch app just search twitch on the app store and then after that gets installed you hit the little uh, magnifying glass to find me and then you type all one word eric zane live and that's it follow the page you can subscribe and then you get no commercial interruptions during the show And you can subscribe for free with your Amazon Prime account. You can link up the account and you have to do that every month. But when you do that, you won't see any commercials uh, as the show, uh, as we broadcast. You'll get one to start, but during the show, you won't be interrupted. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can pay five, six bucks and do it that way. Up to you. If not, no big deal. Just sit through the commercials. You might get a few minutes here and there. While I'm talking, it'll disrupt the conversation, but uh, whatever. You can figure it out later. You can go back and watch it. Video on demand. And as always, you can download the uh, audio podcast. After the live stream finishes, I post the audio, and you can get it wherever you download shows. If wherever you download shows allows you to uh, rate and review it, please do that. I appreciate that. And if you ever want to say hello to me, reach out, Eric at ericzaneshow.com on the shore liners striping inbox. So for you folks on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, I will say goodbye to you now. Facebook and Twitch brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV.
Twitter brought to you by Blue Frost IT. Thank you very much for being part of the show right now. Uh, Adam Balboa reached out to me. Uh, before I get to that, uh, Sam, the juice is what happened at the end of the show last Friday. You just cut out. I don't know. <laughs> that is the first I've heard of that. I think sometimes uh, the internet gods decide to uh, make us humble. To remind us that we are at their mercy. So if it does cut out, we can all agree that the internet gods sometimes like to do that. Um, Kenny said, well, yeah, you had to refresh it. Twitch was stopping it randomly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Typically I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not really in a, uh, a very little opportunity to do much troubleshooting when I'm actually doing the show. I probably should just put my head down and pretend it didn't happen in order to keep the momentum going. If that happens again and it will. My apologies in advance. Adam Balboa reached out to me over the weekend and he said, okay, Chris Rock, watch it. At first I thought, what, what's going on? Is this, uh, is this like a documentary or something like that about the slap? Is that what this is? Couldn't be more wrong. Chris Rock isn't sitting in front of someone telling a uh, blow-by-blow with serious music playing and him whining and complaining about what happened a year ago at the Oscars. No, no, no. What he did was he had a um, Netflix live stream, and I think this is the first time that this has been tried and tried and and it was a it was a success so he's on stage at some venue uh doing a uh doing stand up live and um what the fuck is it called it doesn't matter new chris rock I don't even know what he titles it. Selective Outrage. That's what the title of the special is. So, um, no, so it's not like a documentary. It's just him on stage doing doing stuff that he's worked out and he's written and, and uh, focused on. And it's uh, a live appearance. And then you can go back and watch it after they clean it up a little. It's similar to what I do here. You know, you, after you get done, you clean it up and then you post the whole thing. So uh, by Saturday morning, it was available. And then I checked it out. And uh, I was like, oh, I see. So, um, in fact, there's, um, and I am not going to steal any of the thunder at all about this. I'm just going to tell you where his brain was at the time. So, you have a typical Chris Rock set, and uh, he's referencing um, the slap from Will Smith. And then at the end of it, uh, the last 10, 12, 13 minutes, maybe longer, is all about him and Will Smith and what he thought and his his uh he has a great several minute bit about it and it's fucking awesome. Okay. Um 
my thoughts. First of all, it was, uh, like I said, entirely live. And there's one point when he's, because I only watched the last 15 minutes of it. I didn't have time to watch the whole thing. I only watched the part about Will Smith. He fucks up a joke. Like there's a moment that he, he was going to do one thing and he did the wrong thing. And he actually says, he goes, Jesus, I just fucked up that joke. And he kind of like backtracks and does it again. So that was cool because you get to see it in its raw form of him. Uh, he had prepared it, but he fucked it all up. And then he, uh, he, uh, he, he fixed it. Uh, but they, they like kept that in there. So I love that. And, um, but the actual what he focused on was, oh, shit. I'm under the impression, if you're like Will Smith for the last year, you know, you smack the shit out of Chris Rock, and then Chris Rock doesn't really say anything. In fact, it was a short time later that he actually did stand-up, and uh, he said, hey, I'm not going to talk about that now. And he didn't really address it. So he hasn't really said anything. And then uh, Will Smith uh, apologized, and uh, but they didn't have a conversation or anything like that. Will Smith and Chris Rock. And so Rock has kind of like been quiet and hasn't really done anything until this. And um, I don't know if that was by, he would have had to have, after the slap happened, then like, well, I'm just going to lay low and there is going to be a time that I say something, but I need to get my thoughts. And he's like, all right, this is comedy gold. What just happened is an incredible moment, but I don't have anything really to say yet because i gotta think about it so him being patient and then writing the bits out and writing the the things that you will hear when you when you uh see it and i'm not saying a word about it you you must see this i um it's that great i i really give it high marks i i can't say enough about how this is and the patience he's waited nearly one year to be able to do this so you know it's fucking polished if i'm him it's like, holy shit. All right. Uh, you just smacked the shit out of me. I'm not saying anything. Now all I do is wait and percolate. It's like hockey. You remember the fucking jersey number. Chris Rock remembered the jersey number on Will Smith. And holy fuck, did he lay waste. I mean, it's funny. It's sharp. It's smart. It's yeah. Fuck Yes. Get that motherfucker. And if you're Will Smith, you just got the fuck kicked out of you. Okay? What you did to him on stage is one thing. But you got it back ten times. Jesus fuck. Oh, is it great. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I cannot say enough about this. It's on Netflix. Uh, you you must you must watch this selective outrage. In fact, in this last 10, 15 minutes of it, that's the only thing I'll say about it. He describes Will Smith's behavior as selective outrage, and hence the title of this. So do it. I don't give a shit if you don't have Netflix. Fucking buy it and then cancel it and watch this. You have to. Oh. Um, and if you're him, the amount of money he made from Netflix, I, I mean, I don't know the dollar amount, but um, you know that there came a point in time between the slap to now that he had to pitch this and he had to 
sit in front of people who pay would pay him a lot of money, and he's probably looking for the one that's going to pay him the most. And all he has to say is, I've been sitting on this for 11 months, and I'm going to drop this motherfucking shit here. And then basically, I'm not going to do a Chris Rock. And, uh, and then uh, the, 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 the bidding war starts. I would love to pick his brain about the process of how this all came to light because I, I think the big takeaway is how patient this motherfucker was in lighting Will Smith's fucking ass on fire. And you know, since we haven't really heard from Chris Rock, Will Smith is, and his stupid wife have been like, well, maybe he's not going to say anything. Maybe we can just go about our lives. But fucking shit. Oh, my God. You know, if you're him, if you're Will Smith, at some point, you might be like, well, let's watch it. And then, yeah, Chris Rock, I, I actually deserve some of this. But there's going to come a point in that when it's it gets one-sided. I mean, it is such a slaughter. Oh, shit. My God. All right. So watch that fucking thing. I, I, I rarely spend that much time uh, really, really trumpeting something. And I haven't given shit away about it. I know that that's sometimes a criticism of me that I like steal it. <laughs> Cole writes, Will Smith watches it, slaps his wife when it's over. Uh, Corey watched the whole thing. He says it was great from beginning to end. Corey is also, what are you doing? What? What? Okay. I'm not going to read what you wrote. A lot of people have already read what you wrote. How can I sit here and make it such a, a a point to not tip off the jokes or say them, and then you actually write out specifically, word for word, one of his jokes, and you ruined it? The joke you're referencing is very funny. When Chris Rock says it. Now, you have now earned something. You have earned a timeout. My God. Don't say shit. Just say watch it. My God. We're uh, we're changing churches. Uh, We can no longer, this is huge news in our family. We can no longer uh, go to a Catholic church. I don't know what church we're going to go to. I have an idea. Years ago, uh, I kept having little rumblings in my brain when I'd see a person who is gay getting fired by the Catholic school.
more rumblings when uh, Judge Sarah Smolinski, well-respected jurist, uh, judicial mind, and a uh, incredible judge here in uh, beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, was denied communion at church in a horribly embarrassing way in front of the congregation. I remember I sat down with my priest and I said, Hey, um, what do you think about that? He tried to talk his way out of it, but I didn't really feel satisfied with the answer. So this has bothered me for some time. Pandemic comes. Nobody goes to church. For no good reason. For me, at least. I was like, ah, we can't go to church. Well, it's time to go back to church. I didn't go back to church. More time passes. More more information in my brain that makes me go, I don't know if I can do this now. I don't know if I can go back because of this reason alone. I've become um, extremely... Um, um, concerned about equality for gay people in recent months, more so than before, before it was just rumblings in my brain. But now it's like, I don't know if I can get behind that type of discrimination. I feel hypocritical. And so does Diana. We, we both, I, I said, Hey, what's going on there? She says, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I like that. So I was like, Chris in Maine says, it's your gay dreams that you told us, isn't it? No, it's not. Uh, so then I'm like, hmm. <sighs> so, after giving it careful thought, I was talking with my brother, and uh, he says, so are you going to church anymore? I don't know. And I explained to him the same thing I explained to you. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting there too. I, I, I'm not as far down the road as you are. And then he says, well, yeah, but okay. So that's one thing, but why, what are you going to do to strengthen your faith? I go, what do you mean? By the way, O'Neill is having a dream. Hang on a second here. Daisy snoring and O'Neill having a dream. This is great. Hold on. He's having a dream about eating all the garbage and fucking up my house. So then I'm like, uh, where was I? Yeah, well, you know, you got to go to some church because otherwise, you know, it's just going to slowly slip from your brain. And, you know, we we do believe we do believe uh, in prayer and baby Jesus and heaven and earth and hell. And we believe in all that shit. But I can no longer uh, support and go to a denomination that is discriminatory in nature. 
That is for sure. That is, uh, that ship has sailed. Made that decision. Um, now, the only way to do this uh, is by finding a, a church that is uh, equitable. In fact, it's interesting because down the street, there's this um, United Methodist Church. And people around here call it the gay church. And they've got like rainbow flags everywhere. But so I looked it up and I was researching it. And but that is. uh, From what I'm understanding, they are. Oh, we're welcoming. But, uh, you know, you can't get married. I'm like, well. And then they they say that uh, fundamentally that is not part of Christ's teachings or something like that. It's it's uh, it's like well, that's my problem. You can't say you're welcoming and then withhold certain aspects of uh, of the fellowship to people. You get what I'm saying? It's got to be all or nothing. So I'm like. Uh, doing like my research and there's, there's one church in particular in Hudsonville that like on their website, it's got the uh, Jesus fish with the rainbow flag in it. And I'm like, okay, maybe. So, uh, also the Episcopalians are, um, very welcoming. So I, I don't feel it's appropriate for any church to um, shun certain members of the society. So that's kind of big news. There's nothing funny about that, obviously. I try to be funny in everything I do on this show, but there's nothing funny with that. But I can tell you that this process, sharing that with you, could result in uh, some hilarity at some point. Uh Aram says, I can't think of anything about Jesus's acts that would condone discrimination. That's a good point. Kenny adds, Jesus said numerous times to love one another. He didn't, he didn't say judge one another and spread hate. Hudsonville Congregational United Church of Christ. Jesus didn't turn people away, neither do we. All right, I can get behind that. There's more to this. Um, I'll explain that later down the road. Sam says, I don't think that churches shun them from coming. They just don't approve of the lifestyle. Yes, but, but. It is, um, that is enough. That right there, what you just said is enough for, for me to not want to, uh, be associated with, to me, that's discriminatory in itself saying you all who don't, who aren't gay, you can take the body and blood of Christ. You can get married, but you can't because you're gay. That is the fundamental fly in the ointment right now.
for me. That is, and I have, I, I have tried to get some type of reconciliation from people who uh, know a thing or two about this, and I have never gotten a satisfying answer. Never once have I said, oh, and I, this has been a long time coming, like years I've been thinking about this. Um, and there's, uh, more to this, like I indicated that I'm not ready to tell you about, but, uh, one day, but that's where we are. And it's on my brain. And when it's on my brain, it's going to come out. I'm going to tell you about it. Damn it. All right. I don't care what you do, but that's just what, how we feel. Hey, everybody, Corey's back. He says, don't forget that a priest touched his pee-pee. It wasn't a priest. It was a camp counselor. You jackass. All right. Folks, I've got more podcasting each and every day on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Sign up for just five or ten bucks a month. Ad free, listener supported. Helps keep the lights on. Thank you so much for being a supporter on Patreon. The open and live stream of today's show is brought to you by Sarah Honda Granville. <clears throat> Sarah Honda Granville, online at sarahhondagranville.com. Hang on, I got to write a reminder of myself. Um, go there in person and test drive a brand new Honda today. Please mention my name. After you test drive a couple, figure out what you want. You then decide what you want on the vehicle. What type of options, what features to take care of that. A couple weeks later, your brand new vehicle shows up. Odometer says uh, one half mile on it. Off you go. Or drive away in a certified pre-owned car today. In their vast lot, the biggest in Michigan at Sarah Honda Granville. They are on Kennewa, just north of 44th. God bless the Kent County Health Department. If you or someone you know or love have uh, little ones that have not been fully immunized for measles, mumps, rubella, whooping cough, pertussis, meningitis, uh, the vaccine to prevent cervical cancer, 100% effective. You need, excuse me, to reach out to the Kent County Health Department. So... All of these vaccinations and immunizations are free if you qualify. If not, you can take care of them all there. You know, it's kind of a pain in the butt if you're going to go and schedule this all with your pediatrician or your doctor. Kent County Health Department has everything you need there. And your respective county does as well. But thank you to the Kent County Health Department for having me talk about all of their initiatives. If you need more information, 616-632-7200 or online at accesskent.com slash health. All right, TC Paintball, book an event at TC Paintball, the number one paintball attraction in all of Michigan. All right, and that is a fact. They got indoor, they got outdoor, they got two outdoor fields to play on. And it's about time to fire up outdoors on the regular. Days are getting longer, thank God. We had a beautiful weekend here. Oh my God, it was fantastic tcpaintballgr.com that's where you go to get started on your paintball adventure 
book an event for everybody at work, kids in the neighborhood, bachelor party, you name it. Hey, what's up? It's your pal EZ with another amazing partner for the Eric Zane Show podcast, the Eufy Video Lock. Oh my gosh. Smart Lock 2K Cam and Doorbell 3-in-1 Triple Security. You got everything in one device, all right? Rather than install piecemeal, hoping that you got this app, that it's going to work okay in that app, and oh my God. This is not just for security, but also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. And you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. So, you know, like they all have their codes. They walk up to the door. They punch it in. The door unlocks. In they go. And, of course, it's a video camera. So it's all there. You can see who shows up at your door. This is fantastic. We live in a golden age for home security. And the Eufy Video Lock is the top of the heap, okay? You can go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock for more information. This thing is easy to install. The setup, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling or anything like that. All the keyless entry components make it so fantastic. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Amazing. No battery anxiety. You've got the ultimate I don't know what it is, super lithium whatever that keeps this thing powered for a long, long time. No monthly fee on this, unlike other brands that do that. They just bend you over and charge you a monthly fee. I love the Eufy Video Lock. Get to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. E-U-F-Y official.com slash video lock. Alex Murdaugh was sentenced. To multiple life prison sentences. I guess there's a documentary out. That's great. I'm supposed to watch that. I was talking with Jackie about that. She said everyone in that family's killed someone. And I'm like, what? She kind of revealed that um, to me. And I'm like, well, spoiler alert. Uh, At the sentencing, this is the moment when the judge dropped the hammer. Audio check, video check. Murdoch has done the uh, deny till you die, lie till you die throughout all of this. He's basically said, yes, I'm a liar, but I didn't lie about this. A man like this man should never be allowed to be among free law-abiding citizens again. Alex, if you're interested, look over here and tell everybody. Tell everybody. I know you have to see Paul and Maggie during the night times when you're attempting to go to sleep. I'm sure they come and visit you. All day and every night. I'm sure. That's a song by the Kinks, All Day and All of the Night. I mean, the expression you uh, gave on the witness stand, was it? Uh, oh, what tangle, web, we weave. What did you mean by that? It meant when I lied, I continued to lie. <clears throat> and the question is, when will it end? 
That says, before sentencing, Murdahl was allowed to make a final appeal. I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my wife, Maggie. And I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my son, Paul Paul. Well, and it might not have been you. It might have been uh, the monster you become when you uh, take 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 opioid pills in the murder of your wife, Maggie Murdoch. I sentence you for the term of the rest of your natural life for the murder of Paul Murdoch. whom you probably love so much. I sentence you to prison for murdering him for the rest of your natural life. Jesus. Can you imagine that? You're told, hey, uh, you're just going to be sitting in a cell, solitary confinement for the rest of your life. My God. Oh. Maureen says he's the devil. How can you blow your son's brains out and shoot your wife multiple times? It's unthinkable. Man, that is fucking nuts. Uh, A couple other people uh, uh, made the news and it was because of their death. First of all, Gary Rosington is dead. You're like, who, what? Gary Rosington is an original member of Leonard Skinnerd, And, um... The world has been picking off members of Leonard Skinner for like 50 years. Okay. It started with the plane crash. Uh, They were flying to, I don't know what the fuck, some gig. Everybody's getting shit faced on the plane and the dumb fuck pilot realized that he was having engine trouble. He's got two engines, two giant turboprop uh, motor planes, you know, the propellers. And um, he went ahead and transferred the fuel from the uh, uh, motor that was struggling to the other one. You can absolutely fly on one motor. And instead of transferring the fuel... The dickhead emptied the fuel and all of the fuel was released from the plane. The band doesn't know that, but they do know that something just happened because they, they hear the uh, motors stop. Now the plane does not do a nosedive. The glide ratio on this plane was pretty good. So, the pilot is, is able to uh is to, able to guide it in, you know? He's able to like lower it down as best as he can. So he's got no power. And I was reading a book by uh one of these guys, and um they said that it was remarkable because suddenly it got so silent because there's no there's no motor, and all of a sudden they all they hear is the wind, you know, and like uh oh. Oh, they put the fucking thing down. 
And uh, the lead singer, of all the people to die, the lead singer dies, Ronnie Van Zant, And the guitar player, Steve Gaines. And Gaines' uh, sister, Cassie, was one of the backup singers of Honkettes. She's dead, too. And the pilot, he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm dead. And then the band's tour manager, he died. Everybody else was was hurt badly. Artemis Pyle, the drummer, uh, he he uh, ventured out of the airplane, the wreckage, and, and walked badly hurt through like a swamp and wandered onto someone's property and some motherfucker comes out with a shotgun ready to shoot him. He goes, no, I'm Artemis Pyle. Everybody's dead. Help us. Fucking shit. And, uh, and they began the process of recovering the plane. Ten years after that, uh, Ronnie's brother Johnny says, "Hey, I sound just like Ronnie." And they said, "All right, hey, why don't you? Why don't we uh, make some music?" And then, so from that point on, he's been the lead singer. But until since then, uh, all these guys are getting old, and you know they did a lot of drugs. So um, let's see: Ed King died, Billy Powell died. Uh, Artemis is still alive, but he's not in the band because he's into kids, supposedly, allegedly. Um, what's his name? Bass player. Leon Wilkinson. He's dead. And now Gary Rosington. There are zero original members in that band. None. They're just cursed. Um, but they're still touring fact they're going to be uh in michigan in august so just uh gary rosington dead over the weekend and also tom sizemore died speaking of drugs wow this man is an was an academy not academy award nominated actor tom sizemore some seriously great acting chops Jesus. Um, he was in uh, Heat with Al Pacino, Saving Private Ryan. He had a great character. And uh, Black Hawk Down. He was a lot, of, a lot of those roles. But very, very good. Oh, my God. I love Tom Sizemore. Um, and then shit started to happen. He started to get in trouble. I think he got busted for not paying his taxes, and he had to go to prison and some shit. And uh, I remember there was one moment in time, I don't know why it was, but it was on the old Freebear and Hotwing show when we were in Knoxville, Tennessee, when I think, believe it or not, we were interviewing, of all people, Heidi Fleiss, the Hollywood uh, high-priced madam who ran that prostitution ring back in the, uh, in the 1990s. Uh, and... We, I think she was promoting some fucking pay-per-view or some stupid shit. So we're talking to Heidi Fleiss, of all people. And um, she she mentioned that Tom Sizemore was with her. They were, they were a couple for many years. We go, oh, well, put him on. Put fucking Tom on. And she gives the phone to Sizemore. And he was great. I mean, he was just hilarious. Fun. I mean, in in an instant, he just turned it on and was great. We really enjoyed talking to him. And then she gives back, he gives back the phone to Heidi Fleiss. And she was actually very cool. It worked out. But this man 
hasn't done shit. It's like he's completely, she was been shut out of Hollywood and he's a terrific actor. In fact, last night, oops, something just happened. Um, something, I, I watched a uh, movie short of him. Um, he did, he, I don't know. I mean, it, it, he hadn't done anything and he's basically just doing these shit projects for the last years of his life. Amanda says, we need to find that audio. I do not have it. I, I gave, I relinquished all free beer and hot wings material. I do not have it on my person in terms of physical recordings. I have, um, uh, audio files, digital audio files, but I do not have any analog material from free beer and hot wings. Sizemore's dead. He had a brain aneurysm late last week. Now Heidi Fleiss is talking. Um, he died in his sleep in the hospital. He was only 61 on Friday night. Uh, she's speaking. Former Hollywood madam Heidi Fleiss, who dated Tom following her release from jail in 1998. You know what? I got that wrong. When I read this, I thought he had been in jail. No. She was in jail. She got out of jail, and that's when they started uh, dating. He told her in his final days, I don't want to do drugs anymore. But despite claims that he was working out every day and taking low doses of opioid addiction medication methadone, Heidi says she understands he had relapsed again. Fleiss said, I was told that Tom was getting high at his home when he had the aneurysm. He had been telling me that he was going on methadone and that he'd been going jogging and was taking care of himself. He said he was working out every day and on the low doses of methadone. I should have known better than to believe what he was saying to me on the phone. Fucking lighten up. The guy's dead. Someone contacted me and said that he could barely walk. Obviously, that's a sign you need immediate medical attention because your circulation is off and something like that is very serious. Heidi added, when Lisa Marie Presley died, I told him that she ate junk food and that you need to feed your body vitamins. She sounds stupid, by the way. Tom, Lisa Marie died from junk food. You're going to die too if you don't feed yourself vitamins. Tom passed away at St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank with his brother Paul Sizemore and twin sons Jaden and Jagger, 17 at his side. It came after his family announced on February 27th they were decided, deciding end-of-life matters after doctors told them there was no hope of recovery. Oh, my God. Heidi Fleiss, who nowadays runs a sanctuary for macaws, those those birds uh, said Tom was due to uh, shoot a film in Europe when he suffered the aneurysm. The former couple also had been planning a project together in Las Vegas, which would have blended his acting skills with her bird conservation efforts. Oh, he's probably like, I'm glad I'm dead. I don't have to do that shit. Heidi's a recovering addict too. Uh, rest in peace, Tom Sizemore. He was great. Damn it. 
So kind of a rough weekend. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, your old pal Eric Zane has to go tinkle. I'll be right back. Welcome, Blue Collar Ray, who's just scrolling and saw the Tennessee state flag behind me and stopped. Welcome to you. What part of Tennessee do you reside? Oh, it says it right there, Dixon, Tennessee. I'm not sure what that where that is. Uh, Daisy, I was just petting the dog. Her face smells like spaghetti sauce. Which tells me she was uh, part of the destroy getting in the garbage thing last night. Because uh, we made Slaughter the Turks meatballs and spaghetti sauce last night. My God. It was probably one of the best batches I've ever made of this. It's very intimidating to see the amount of onions that I put in this sauce. Because you remember, like, I don't like onions. But look. I made uh, two batches, all right? So uh, two pounds of ground beef and one pound of sausage to make the meatballs. Two 28-ounce cans of uh, diced tomatoes. 12 ounces of tomato paste. Uh, One full cup of water in making the sauce. What's important are these onions. Well, it's all important. But we're talking about uh, Vidalia onions. uh, Dice small. Two whole Vidalia onions. You ever seen how much that is? We're talking like a pile of onions. And an entire bulb of garlic. Not a clove, a bulb. That's like 12 cloves. And I just got this fucking chopper from uh, for Christmas. And it is the shit. Oh, my God. You put, like, the onion in it, and then you just hit the fucking thing. And poof, instantly, everything's diced perfectly. I was like, this is such a game changer. I started making the sauce early. Got to take your time. Don't be rushed. It came out spectacular. Everybody murdered it. It's, and then the other key is that fucking carrot. The acidic nature of all of that tomato, all those tomatoes and tomato-based products is harsh. If you, you must take a big fucking carrot and peel it. If you don't peel it, the skin on the outside of that carrot is not, is going to, um, uh, slow down the absorption. So what's going to happen is it's going to absorb the acid, the carrot is, and it's going to release sweetness. Believe it or not, it will make the sauce more sweet. I learned something new about this every time I make it. It's another reason why I make it the best. It's a great recipe, Slaughter the Turks, Armenian Meatballs, but when I make it, it's ridiculously better than everyone else's. Because it's me. (laughs) All right. So Blue Collar Ray, welcome. We need to know more about you. Okay. What, where, like, I know where you are, but I mean, who are you, man? You're a woman. You're uh, uh, Jesus, you know, young, old. 
I used to do radio. Now I do this. In fact, I used to be on the radio in Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee, and on uh, and in Memphis, and in Knoxville. Jesus. Oh, shit. And in Jackson and Chattanooga, too. I'm not kidding you. Been on the radio in all those towns. I'm going to Jackson. I'm going to mess around. I don't think uh, he's talking about Jackson, Tennessee, though. I think he's talking about Jackson, Mississippi. All right. Thank you to my... Oh, you know what? I I don't want to get into a sponsor yet. I want to tell this story. Not tell it, but play it for you. Um, So there's some story going on about a... uh, Well, actually, there's been a lot of stories about more than one uh, travel accident on planes in the last couple of days. Well, actually, in the last couple of weeks. One in particular comes up. uh, Over the weekend, it was a private private plane that took on a a terrible amount of turbulence, and one of the passengers died. Now, when you are on a plane, if you're in your seat, you must be buckled at all times. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go on trips and uh, they didn't give a shit, you know? And you'd, we were, we're walking around. No, I mean, fucking the plane takes off and people are up and walking around smoking cigarettes in the plane. Um, uh, this was a problem as uh, this plane hit a bunch of turbulence and then even more problems after that. Audio check, video check. Here we go. There's what many of us would call an unexpected detour on a flight home. What started out as a trip from Baltimore to RDU suddenly turned into a very bumpy ride. Sick passengers. Uh, Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham and a gut-wrenching journey that took way longer than planned. From vacation to nightmare. Uh, the wings flapping, there were shaking. Two people were vomiting yeah. pretty close to us. And then, yeah. But everybody was pretty silent. I guess they were just like in suspense. Like this kid- So they hit so much turbulence, people are puking. Yeah. Chris Spence and Nicholas Reed describing their bumpy flight as they approach RDU Friday night. Then a sudden change. Southwest Flight 3094 coming from Baltimore, took a different path, far from Raleigh. Here's the flight's path on FlightAware. As it approaches RDU, the altitude drops as low as 1,350 feet. Coming into Raleigh, they uh, started landing like normal, and we had the window open in our seat, so we could actually we could see the ground. But then we just felt like we were going back up, and there was at least a 15-minute pause before he's, the captain even said what was going on. So she was actually sleeping right next to me because she's – she was scared. Yeah, I put myself to sleep. She said, I'm going to put myself to sleep. I was like, okay, I can't do that. Uh, the plane's shaking. <laughs> Can you imagine being able to pull that off? Well, well, I bet I might as well. It's like fucking uh, Avatar. But uh, so we go back up in the air. About 15 minutes goes by. Captain finally comes on and says, hey, we're going to be in Myrtle Beach in 25 minutes. We're like, what? Southwest Airlines says in a statement, quote, we made the decision to safely divert Southwest Flight 3094 to Myrtle Beach due to weather conditions at RDU. 
The couple says they spent hours waiting at Myrtle Beach International Airport. They said another plane was coming for us. And then so that captain and our flight attendants all leave and we get stuck in the airport. There's no there was no vending machines in the entire terminal. Well, I don't understand that. Uh, of course, all the restaurants are closed down. Finally, they say sometime after 1 a.m., an empty plane from Baltimore came and flew everyone to Raleigh. Because when we got back here to Raleigh, 4 a.m., no restaurants were open. So it was a really terrible experience. And then oh. we asked to say, like, hey, any kind of reprimands? Like, they didn't offer us meal vouchers or anything. I was like, we fly Southwest all the time. Well, in a statement tonight, in part, Southwest Airlines says, quote, we apologize for the inconvenience and encourage passengers to reach out to our customer relations team with any concerns. What a crack of shit. I always hate that. They should have something in place right there. Some type of... Uh, uh, something to to give these people when they get off the plane even if it's like a hundred bucks jesus when i was looking at the uh printed version of this story um so the turbulence people are throwing up the planes I, there's only been one time that i feared for my life on a plane it was when we were actually going to a, i think it was baltimore because uh, this plane left from baltimore we were going to Baltimore. Uh, we couldn't go anywhere, according to this, on Friday night. Once I got into Myrtle Beach, the ordeal was far from over. They wouldn't give us our luggage. So people who may have wanted to take their shit and just leave Myrtle Beach, they couldn't. So they had to wait there till they actually got on a plane. One group of guys found a bar. And went behind it and just started pouring themselves drinks because there was no security. Oh, absolutely. Southwest um, had has, uh, they talked about the weather. Um, the ordeal for Spence and Reed began when they were supposed to leave Baltimore for RDU 7 p.m. Friday. But instead, the plane sat idling for 40 minutes with the engines running, burning precious fuel. Then it finally took off. Then the turbulence hit. That is sometimes to me the, the when you're waiting there for and, and they don't say anything. Have you ever been on a plane on a tarmac? And it's been a few times that's happened to me where you're on there for like two hours and not a word is said. No one says anything. It's like, for fuck's sake, sh the, those alarms should be going off in your head to say something to the passengers, man. They're all ready to kill you. They're ready to do a fucking... Uh, Shanksville uh, uh, burst through the door. Let's roll and take over control of the plane. Open the emergency door and fly out down that stupid ramp. My God. Um, you're at the mercy. At their mercy. Literally nothing you could do. That's the worst to be waiting on a plane for extended time. Thank you to Johnson's Carpet One. Johnson Carpet One discount outlet for being on board with the show. Now, if you are in West Michigan, this is a sponsor that you can only take advantage of what they have to offer if you are in West Michigan or in the surrounding areas. But um, go to Johnson Carpet One Discount Outlet, say hello, and pay the least you can possibly pay for flooring. They buy it in bulk, and they make it available to you for a significantly lower price than what you would pay anywhere else. And um, we're not talking about garbage we're talking about the best brands the best styles the most popular choices johnson carpet one discount outlet 
Um, mention my name and you'll save an additional 10%. They're located along Chicago Drive in Granville behind Little Caesars. Can't miss it. A shout out to Bosco's Pub. Uh, I'm supposed to work sometime. I reached out and I said, hey, what's up? Let me know. As soon as I know, you'll know. Bosco's Pub, part of Terra Square. The best burgers you can ever, you will ever eat. I uh, dare I say. Uh, try them all. The actual olive burger is award winning. Like best in Grand Rapids. Bosco's Pub. Part of Terra Square. My friends at Jenison Pool and Spa Depot uh, want to install an in-ground pool in your backyard. Okay, so if you try this with any other pool installation company, you're going to wait two years before you get your pool. Not so with Jenison Pool and Spa Depot because they just added two crews to install 16 pools, eight each, this summer. Uh, whether it is a fiberglass in-ground pool or a vinyl liner in-ground pool, they will do the work for you. 616-457-0500. Now, this starts with a in-store consultation about how it works and what the process is. Call this number to schedule that. 616-457-0500. You can have the backyard of your dreams with an in-ground pool from Jenison Pool and Spa Depot. Uh, we've always had pools. I don't go in. I don't swim in the backyard. Everybody else does, though. People I don't even like show up at my house. My God. Uh, all right. Uh, this story... Concerning Oxford High School. This is the school that got shot up last year when that little fucker, Ethan Crumbly, the 15-year-old, his stupid mom and stupid dad bought him a gun. And then um, they just kept the gun in like a fucking sock drawer despite the fact that their kid's a lunatic. Uh, I guess they put their he heads in the sand and didn't realize that the kid was a lunatic. The kid goes to school and for weeks he's draw he's, he's uh, doing drawings of like uh, the students being massacred. And the teacher's like, hey, what's that? And it's like a, 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 a the kid did a drawing of like him shooting students and blood pouring out of them. There, he wrote on one of his drawings, I can't uh, stop the voices in my head next to like dying kids drawn on a piece of paper. And the teacher's like, oh, uh, hey, I think we got to have a... And then uh, at about the same time, the teacher uh, sees him on his phone during class time looking for ammo. Never before has there been more of an opportunity to intervene and prevent a massacre from happening than Ethan Crumbly. On the day of the shooting, the little fucker brings the gun to school in his backpack. Uh, at about the same time, they, uh, they, they see the drawing the teacher does. 
They uh, send her to the principal's office. They sit him down with a counselor. The mom and dad come in and uh, they're like, you know, what the fuck? And the kid's like, ah, yeah, I'm fine. No big deal. I was just kidding around on the drawing. It's great. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go shoot anybody in, in half an hour. I don't have the gun on me right now. And uh, the mom and dad are like, holy shit, Ethan, this is, this is bad. The school says, um, we want you to take Ethan out of the school until you can get him some help. And the mom and dad said, no. And the school said, all right, no problem. Go back to class, Ethan. So uh, they sent Ethan back to class and they didn't, um, no one thought to look in the backpack. Uh, Not that long after that, he's shooting up the joint, killing students. An attorney here in Michigan um, filed a lawsuit. His name is uh, Ven Johnson on behalf of the families suing the schools, the administrators, their policies, their uh, bungling of this. They're uh, not paying attention to all of these red flags. And I remember when this uh, lawsuit was filed, I was like, well, this is an open and shut case. Never before. Has there been more unbelievable evidence to support the claim that some real problems occurred in all of this? And uh, and these this school and the administrators and the counselors and whoever is involved that could have stopped this, uh, they, they are culpable, in my opinion. But now a judge has said no. The school and the staff are immune from lawsuits. This is such a crock of shit. Oh my God. How? How can you possibly say that? Why do we even have the legal system? If a judge is going to say, no, 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 they're immune. And, and why, why would they be immune? I don't understand that. All that does is reinforces what they did, which is nothing. A Michigan judge has ruled that staff and administrators at Oxford high school cannot be sued. The mass shooting left four students dead, seven others wounded. Oakland County Circuit Judge Mary Ellen Brennan also dismissed Oxford Community Schools from civil lawsuits related to the shooting, stating that the district and staff are protected by governmental immunity. What a bunch of bullshit. Um, Crumbly killed 16-year-old Tate Meyer, 14-year-old Hannah St. Juliana, 17-year-old Madison Baldwin, and 17-year-old Justin Schilling. Prosecutors said they'll seek a life sentence with no chance for parole. School officials have been criticized uh, by the county sheriff and Oakland County prosecutor Karen McDonald for not alerting a school resource officer about their concerns with Crumbly and not searching the kid's backpack before allowing him to return to class three hours before the shooting. The day before the shooting, you know, I've that's what I've already told you. All everything that I told you to start this is in this article. 
A lawyer representing some families of the victims who filed the lawsuit said some teachers and a counselor at the high school were aware of Crumbly's troubling, troubling interest in guns and violence months before the mass shooting. Then Johnson said he plans to appeal the judge's ruling. On behalf of our Oxford clients, we're deeply saddened and disappointed by Judge Brennan's dismissal today of all the Oxford Community Schools defendant, defendants. We maintain that governmental immunity is wrong and unconstitutional and the law should be changed immediately. A group of Oxford parents and students who filed a federal lawsuit seeking a court-ordered safety plan for schools in the district says some schools will hide behind governmental immunity to protect themselves instead of our students and children. So true. My God. You know, if I was, uh, if I was involved in the administration, I don't know if I would even be comfortable in a judge giving me that immunity. I mean, I can only say this right now because I'm not really in their shoes. I'm not being accused of uh, being culpable in the murder of four kids. But right now, I'm like, Jesus, I would be like, no, don't do that. Let them sue us. Let them sue us. We have insurance. Let them sue. This is the least we could do. Uh, To be fighting this is insane. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Besides, When lawsuits like this happen and people have to pay to some degree, whether it's the insurance company for the district or people pay with their jobs, that's how people learn. For fuck's sake. Uh, Of course, the mom and dad, James and Jennifer, also been charged with involuntary manslaughter, accusing them of failing to keep the gun used in the shooting secure at home and failing to reasonably care for their son when he showed that he was a fucking psychopath. I wonder, you know, that, that, um, I think it's, uh, it's not out of the question. If you're a parent and you got a kid that seems has that brooding, moody, upset, mad at the world vibe. I think that's a red flag. Don't you? That, that happens. You know, kids are a, uh, are a handful, especially these days. It seems like they're much more um, susceptible to types of depression. And I think that if a parent is, well, nothing I can do about it. Let's just let them do this or that without actually somehow trying to root out whatever the problem is. I think you're making a terrible mistake and compounded a million more times when you, you know, buy pistols for the kid and then make them within reach because they actually bought that gun for him. Here, we see you're down in the dumps. We see that you're not bathing and you're always pissed off. Let's buy him a gun. What? Fucking assholes. God. Chris in Maine says this only emboldens future psychopaths with the knowledge that staff turn a blind eye because they are immune to any responsibility. Exactly. Then again, the pool of potential teachers dwindles because of the growing legal risk of not finding the kid's notebook with all the forecasts instead of grading GD essays. 
I don't know why anyone wants to be a teacher or a cop. Now tell a 19-year-old kid considering an education degree that they need to build into their teaching repertoire a, a legal police work stressful and deterring. Yeah, who would want to do that shit? Corey says, yeah, who wants to be paid shit to be abused all day by crappy kids, shitty parents, and eventually getting shot? I, I, uh, I'm I concerned about this every day with my wife working in a high school. You know? She says she has a plan, and she works the plan every day. I go, what is it? She goes, I... Um, befriend everyone. Every person that looks like one of those kids that's fallen between the cracks. As a preventative measure, I am friendly to all of them. Knowing full well, full well, what could happen. It's a fucking war zone. Jesus. Um, saw this story. Completely moving on. Ford Motor Company is applying for a patent. They're working on a technology that when you don't pay your uh, monthly payment, okay, you, you got the car, your dreams, you got your Ford, whatever. And then you can't pay the monthly payment. They filed for a patent that would lead to, um, they at the, at the, uh, at Ford, they would push a button and your car would start up and drive to a junkyard. I'm not even kidding. I don't know why they would want to drive it to a junkyard. Ford applies for patent to repossess cars remotely. The patent application from Ford Global Technologies was filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office actually back in August of 2021 and was published last uh, about 10 days ago, February 23rd, 13 days ago, right? 11 days ago. A company spokesperson confirmed to the Detroit Free Press that the patent is still pending, not yet granted. The article goes on to say, just because someone is late on one car payment doesn't mean their vehicle would simply drive off on its own immediately, but that would be an option down the road if the patent is approved. Well, what if it's in your fucking garage? The patent application describes systems and methods to repossess a vehicle. It goes into detail about different strategies for resolving missed or late payments, which include first sending messages to a vehicle's display screen or the owner's smartphone. So that must be like giving them a warning. Hey, fucko, you haven't paid yet. 
If those messages are ignored, the patent application discusses a range of possibilities for what could happen next. It includes a system where a lender could remotely disable some optional use components like cruise control, the radio, air conditioning system, or remote key fobs. Oh, no, that would be fun. I mean, if you could actually, in real time, fuck with the car. Make it stop in the middle of the road for no apparent reason. Drive into a ditch. After a period of time, the process could then ramp up to include playing audio that's incessant and unpleasant. So basically, they'd play free beer and hot wings. Anytime the owner is present in the vehicle. That's what they're going to do. Ramping it up. Okay, first it tries to kill you. Then they really go hardcore and put on free beer and hot wings and listen to free beer describe how his kids like chocolate. Or hot wings describing his favorite spoon. According to the patent application, if the owner still fails to reach out to their lender at this point, the car may lock them out. Though there are caveats such as allowing the driver access on weekdays to go to work or within a geo conference. Hang on a second. Hello, this is Eric. Hi, Eric. It's Christina at Taggy County. How are you? I'm good, Christina. How are you? I'm doing good. I was just calling to confirm your appointment with Troy tomorrow at three. I can't wait. Perfect. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. All right. Tag accounting. Tomorrow's tax day. See, I told you that's how it works. Um, though there are caveats such as allowing the driver access on weekdays to go to work or within a geo fence area, drivers would still be able to access the car during a medical emergency. The application explains, well, how do you like prove it? I mean, Hey, I'm having a medical emergency. Well, uh, how do we know? Is there like a camera in there? You know, you got like a compound fracture of your leg. There's blood spurting out. I was just shot. If all else fails, that's when the vehicle could be remotely told to drive itself away to a waiting tow truck or impound lot to be repossessed. Oh, I see. My God. Yes, this has to happen. The patent application even details a scenario where the car drives itself straight to a junkyard. If it's determined the market value is below the financial viability of repossessing it. How cool is that? Yeah, that's uh, that's some crazy shit. I bet you all Henry Ford didn't think of that one. There's no way that could possibly have been in his game plan. All right. Speaking of cars, um, if that happens, I don't know if Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid can help you, but they can help you with just about anything. 616-532-6600 for Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. The place in West Michigan to get your vehicle repaired. Corey, would you please subscribe again? What are you doing? If you're going to be this active on the show, you got to subscribe. Now link up your, your Amazon Prime account right now. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. They are the best. Early bird drop-off, late bird pickup, rental cars. Get a rental car. Thank you so much to them. All right. 
Thank you to Joe Martinez, A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. If you have any issues, you need an uh, after-hour service call, this is who you call uh, A&E Heating and Cooling at 616-516-8579. We're starting to think about uh, AC tune-ups. In not, uh, another couple of months, this is going to happen. So you might want to schedule it now so that when you fire that thing up, it's already been serviced. Schedule now, 616-516-8579. If you need a new furnace installed, this is who you call. Go ahead. If you don't believe me, get a couple of estimates from some of the other losers in town. Just make sure A&E Heating and Cooling is part of that. They will beat the competitor's price. 616-516-8579. couple of sports stories. I meant to get to this one. Did not. Tiger Woods got into a world of shit the other day. That was a couple weeks ago. He was at some um, tournament, the Genesis Invitational. Woods making this comeback after that bad car wreck where he had to have a uh, a very involved surgery to, to repair his leg. His leg was broken in half. I don't know if it was broken at the femur. It might have been broken at the uh, tibia fibula, but still a horrible thing. He, him actually being able to walk is a comeback in itself. But um, Justin Thomas is another one of the competitors on the tour. And supposedly, I guess, uh, uh, Thomas hit the ball poorly. Tiger Woods was like, this is time for comedy. And I guess he had one in the chamber. And uh, in his golf bag, he would have like this uh, this prop ready to uh, give to anybody who has something happen to them like happened with Justin Thomas. Thomas hit the ball like way short. Tiger Woods reaches into his golf bag, pulls out the prop comedy. And gives Justin Thomas a tampon. What are you, chick? What are you? What are you? Here you go, chick. Now this is excellent. Look at Thomas is here. You can see him. He's cracking up. He's got a smile on his face. As Tiger Woods gives him the tampon. Woods, straight-faced, slipping him the tampy. Dude's laughing. All great, right? No big deal. Well, the usual suspects were hurt by this. This person, this is uh, Allison Hall. I guess she's some TV reporter for Inside Edition. She tweeted out, Did Tiger Woods just go to the store and buy a box of tampons and tuck one into his golf bag? Yes, he did. For this hilarious stunt, hilarious is in quotes, or did he swipe it off his teenage daughter? So many questions. 
So little laughter. Chad writes, Tiger Woods handing Justin Thomas a tampon after outdriving him is some really sick, misogynistic bullshit. What? It's a fucking joke. Who cares? Anthony Bellino, who of course is on X's and Bros, on the radio right now here in Grand Rapids. He's been on this show. Uh, tweeted out, of course, in today's day and age, people would get upset over this. I wonder if we can actually see. That will uh, swing through by the end of uh, this uh, what, afternoon. What Visibility. There's something playing, and I don't want it playing. The reduced side as well, but notice that winter weather. That is. Hold on a second here. Fuck it. Um. So now, this person says, this is something I never thought I would be tweeting. <laughs> but there is not a single bone in my body that is offended. Oh, she's actually supporting. Okay, great. I thought I was going to have to mock her. Uh, there is not a single bone in my body that is offended by Tiger Woods slipping Justin Thomas a tampon walking down the fairway. Linda says, I had no problem with this. It's a joke. Get over it. Woods, though, bailed on the joke. He ended up turning tail and addressed the incident. And he says this. It was supposed to be all fun and games, and obviously it hasn't turned out that way. If I offended anybody, if I offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just friends having fun. As I said, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. It was not intended to be that way. It was just we play pranks on one another all the time. And and, uh, virally, virally, I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it was different. No, it did come across that way. (sighs) What a bunch of assholes. And Woods, fucking grow a spine. For once, I would just love him to say, yeah, to anyone that has a problem with this, you are an asshole. Okay? You are a stupid asshole. Fuck you, and thanks for playing. Don't apologize for that shit. My God. Ridiculous. All right. Kenny says people need to stop trying so damn hard to get offended by everything. Finally today, the head coach of Georgia football, Kirby Smart, two-time national champion winner. It's been kind of a nutty offseason for him. 
what with, um, well, there was a horrible incident where um, that car crash took place and killed offensive lineman Devin Willock and recruiting analyst Chandler LaCroix and, and, and injured other members of the uh, Bulldogs family. Then on combine day, Jalen Carter, uh, it was revealed that he was racing those, uh, the people in that car in his car. And then it was revealed that he lied to the cops. It, it was ugly. Um, Chandler LaCroix, the driver, who's a lady, um, was drunk as shit. She's one of the deceased. Carter is a potential number one pick in the April NFL draft. He was arrested Wednesday. Those are simply misdemeanor charges of reckless driving and racing. He was released on bond after briefly being jailed. Uh, Linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson, a Butkus Award finalist last year, was arrested last week on the same charge. Cops say they observed uh, the vehicle traveling at high speeds before fleeing the scene. All right. Uh, And then, uh, what's his name? Carter returns to the scene and is like, yeah, what happened? I don't know what. Yeah, I was nowhere near this when it happened. And then they they reveal after the investigation that uh, he he actually was there. He admitted it. You know, I was racing. All right. The guy fucked up. This is a horrible thing he did. I don't think uh, he was drunk or anything like that. They would have they come out with that. And this is not a huge deal. But the big problem is he left injured people at the scene of the crime, scene of the accident. But even that. I can understand fear. I I get it. I get it. Especially when there's so much at stake. It's all a huge fuck up. There's no denying any of that. Jalen Carter comes out and says, I'll be exonerated. No, I don't think you will. I don't think you're going to be exonerated. If you were smart, you would say just that. Yeah, I fucked up. But people are too stupid. They don't realize that the world is forgiving. And they're so concerned and fearful of what's going to happen to them when the truth is finally revealed. And that only makes it worse. When it's revealed that you actually did try to cover it up in some way, shape, or form. Or get a finagle your way out of it while your uh, two friends are, are dying. And then eventually do die. That's the ultimate horrible thing of all of this. This is all at about the same time that Stetson Bennett got popped for... Something to do with being drunk. I don't even remember the quarterback. And he's not going to be the quarterback anymore. He's going into the NFL. Maybe. You never know with these quarterbacks. Give me the greatest quarterback in college football. And then, you you know, you go to the pros and you suck shit. Well, the reason why this comes up is because Kirby Smart, the coach, is defending the culture of Georgia after fatal crash, comma, arrests. Again, you're making a horrible mistake. If someone says, hey, how do you feel about the culture of Georgia? You've got dead people in the street and you're saying, we don't have a problem. We, I love our culture. That's ridiculous to say. Now I know how it is. You're like, uh, how can you police every kid? Oh, you can't. But 
I would need to know specifically. If you're Kirby Smart, what you do is every time you speak, you reference how they need to behave. Okay, we just had a big victory. Now, you're going to be on your own for the next 48 hours. And you need to record this. You need to have like a camera in the locker room. You should have just a live stream of every time you speak. You're constantly talking about the culture. I want you to behave like gentlemen. Uh, No rapes. Uh, If you're underage, you're not drinking. If you are drinking, you're not driving. If you are driving, you're not speeding. And you got to say this shit out loud. And they need to get footage of it so that you can at least get yourself off the hook. So that when they say, what about the culture at Georgia? Say, well, I have done everything in my power to make sure that the culture at Here's exhibit A. Here's exhibit B. If you don't do that, if you don't have that proof, and there's dead people in the street, and they say, what about the culture? Then you can say, you're right. Our culture sucks. That's the only thing you can say. But the one thing you can't do is defend it. You cannot say, I think the culture's pretty good. I think what we're doing is really rubbing off on these young men. Especially now, where the good players in college football now are making millions of dollars. So you get them, you get these young people with all the money in the world, and they don't give a fuck. So what you need to do, since that's a possibility, Jalen Carter, he's probably already worth like $100 million, okay, from name, image, likeness. You got to you gotta build up walls between you and him and the program and, and actually prove that you're trying to create a normal culture so that when these dumb fucks go and kill people, then you can, say, you can throw them under the bus and protect your program. But you can't go and say, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, the, the culture's great. If there's dead people in the street, the culture sucks shit, you fucking moron. Absolutely not. I would say we're far from it having a bad culture. He told ESPN on Friday, when you talk to people outside our program that come into it, they talk about what a great culture we do have. And we do an incredible job because I've got a lot of outside entities that come into our program and pour into these young men. Okay. I don't think you can say that when there's a death toll. This is Smart's first interview since this all happened. Yeah, if I'm him and someone says, how's the culture at Georgia? I would say, well, I thought it was good, but it's terrible because people are dying. So we need to do better. And that's it. That's all you say. You don't have to elaborate any more than that, but you sure as fuck shouldn't be saying, oh man, this is a great place. Only if you're saying this is a great place to die would that make sense. All right. Kenny's having problems. He's got to leave us, folks. He's about to have two hours of meetings and a ton of work due before noon. Well, that's called a job, young man. And I know that you spend a lot of work hours here. So count your blessings. Chris in Maine says culture plus recruitment equals doesn't exist. Can't have both. 
Radio voice Linda, of course, says Kirby Smart is a dumbass. He owes any and all of his success to Nick Saban. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, when it's time to think about getting a mortgage, getting pre-approved for a mortgage, I want you to think about the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Anywhere in the U.S., with the exception of these states, Maine, Alaska, South uh, South Carolina, and Hawaii, call Mario when you're ready. 231-332-6505. Have him and his crew get to work for you. Offices all around the U.S. He can help you no matter what. 231-332-6505. Whether you're getting a refi, it's your first mortgage, your 10th mortgage, maybe a little money out of your home to pay off a high-interest credit card bill, 231-332-6505. You heard my friends at Tag Accounting calling, saying, Eric Zane, we got to see you at 3 p.m. tomorrow. So I'm getting all my little documents ready. I'm going to go over there with my hot little sweaty hand and give them to the Gins, the tax hobbit, and he's going to take care of it for me. Now, you don't need to do it in person. I just like to do it because I get to see him. Uh, No matter where you are in the U.S., reach out to Tag Accounting, 616-301-9516. Call, mention my name. You'll talk to the lovely Christina, who we just heard from. 616-301-9516. He will work on your return for you and get you your money back as fast as humanly possible. Direct deposit right into your account. 616-301-9516. Okay. Your asshole of the day. The dogs are immune from being assholes of the day, Alex Murdaugh was the asshole of the day Friday. Dogs are not allowed to be assholes of the day, at least today. Whoever left the garbage out, which could be Diana, Eric, those are the big ones. Diana and Eric could be assholes of the day concerning that story. I just took a look at some of the stories, so I have an idea of who I want to be the asshole of the day. By the way, Tim said he's making a new asshole of the day sign for me. The Michigan judge who said that uh, the Oxford school district, the teachers, the counselors, whatever, uh, administrators cannot be sued because of immunity. Bullshit. Your asshole of the day for this, the 6th of March, 2023. For O'Neill, Bruce and Daisy, Benny in the other room, and the NFK. Thank you for being part of the Eric St. Show podcast. Talk to you on Patreon a little later on. Chris in Maine says, send me your meatball recipe. I emailed you. Wow, very nice. Okay, I can do that. Take care, folks. Have a good one. Bye-bye.